Hi everyone, we're Brianna and Suzanne, two teacher moms who are passionate about helping you create a home environment where your family truly thrives. We're here to help you with anything from setting up your family goals and the perfect physical space in your home, to managing school expectations and parent-teacher conferences and everything in between. Whatever the unique needs of your family, we're here to help you get set up for success. Thank you for joining us today as we explore another topic to help you thrive in your hive. Before we get started today, did you know that both of us are trained and experienced coaches ready to work alongside you as you unlock your full potential? At Thrive in the Hive, our focus is on empowering moms and dads just like you. By exploring the core drivers in your everyday decisions, we'll work together to raise your awareness and harness your power to consciously choose how you show up for your parenthood. Imagine yourself with complete confidence and clarity in who you are. Imagine yourself equipped to seize life by the horns, creating limitless opportunities and recognizing limitless potential for you and your family. Message us to set up a free discovery call. Happy thriving! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive in the Hive. Thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to spend this time with you. We hope you're having a great day and we're going to talk to you today about setting the tone in your family. So I have heard so many people ask, where's the guidebook for raising my kids? And it's like this joke and people ask about it. Like, I can't believe that someone's going to let me take my baby home from the hospital without a guidebook. I'm sure that you've heard what I'm talking about. Definitely, Brianna. I mean, everybody wants that. You give birth, they send you home and you just want the instruction manual for your baby. Right. And if only, right? But the reality is that that doesn't exist because we all have different priorities. We all have different backgrounds. All of us parent differently. We all give birth to different kids. Those of us with several children can even say like a guidebook that worked for my first child absolutely wouldn't work for my second child or my third child. So it totally makes sense that we would want that guidance, but it doesn't exist. So that's part of why Suzanne and I are here is to help you weed through all of the information and all of the various methods for raising your children out there to figure out what works for you and to truly be able to prioritize that and keep that at the forefront when you're raising your kids. I agree with you, Brianna, because it was like kind of crazy when mine were little babies because I had no idea what I was doing, or at least I felt like I had no idea what I was doing and I was nervous about it. And I remember my mom telling me, nobody knows what they're doing, but you just need to figure out your kids and figure out what works for you. And you don't have to read everything. Just trust your instinct. And I listened to that, but I wanted to make sure I was doing things right. And so I read a lot of books. I read a lot of blogs. I read a lot of just whatever I could get my hands on. And I started to realize that a lot of the information I was getting was conflicting information. One book would say, put your kid to bed at this time and they need this many hours of sleep. And another book would say something different. And I just thought, what am I doing? You know, and my mom was like, just do what's right for your kids. Stop reading all the books. But I hope that we can help all of our listeners have more confidence because it took me a little bit longer probably than I than it should have for me to have the confidence that I knew what I was doing with my kids. I feel like I've reflected a lot on this. I feel like by the time that unless you're like Superman or Superwoman, by the time that you stop to take that first breath 
after your kids are born and you're in that stage of having a newborn and chasing after a toddler, by the time you stop to take that breath and really start to reflect on what you're doing, like sometimes a lot of time has passed and you've been struggling along or you know, maybe not being as intentional. Parenting is incredibly, it's a difficult, challenging task. One of the most challenging things that I've ever done, for sure. It's so rewarding. It's, I feel like from the time that I was a little bitty girl, I was put on this earth to be a mom and I couldn't wait for this moment that I became a mom and I absolutely love it. But it is very hard. We are in the trenches. My husband and I are, you know, constantly looking for ways that we can, how can we do this better? What are we doing? Are we focused enough? questioning what are we doing how are we living our parenthood to its fullest potential and sometimes by the time that you have a moment to stop and think about that you realize wait I've been doing things way harder than they needed to be or I've been doing things not as intentionally as I should have been and you just start to ask yourself these questions so I think if you can train your thought process to be thinking these sets of questions as you're going along it can really save you a lot of heartache, a lot of headache, a lot of time so that you can really focus more on what matters in your life. Definitely. Knowing what you want for your family really helps you be intentional. When I look back with my kids, those first years, I really felt you said in the trenches and that just made like all these memories flashed into my head of I feel like those first baby years and early toddler years were the hardest for me for parenting because they couldn't talk to me. I didn't know if something was hurting them. You know, you just have to go by their facial expressions and their grunts and their cries or their smiles or whatever. And once they could start to talk, it started to get a lot easier. And I felt like I started to come out of the trenches. You're also so sleep deprived those first years. I remember thinking I'm never going to sleep through the night again but you do, you make it. Trust me at this point, now I sleep and I don't hear anything. But when you're so tired and sleep deprived and you just think, oh my gosh, it's hard to come up with these priorities and it's hard to think about what you want for your family. But I completely agree with you, Brianna. If you can just take a breath and think about the big picture and where you wanna go with your kids and what dreams you have, what visions you have for them, it can help you stay more focused and maybe not waste time on things that don't really matter. When you look back and think, why were we doing that? It had nothing to do with any of our family values or goals. You can be intentional and you can be more focused on what you wanna do with your family. Yes, it is totally worth the time that it takes to do that. As a parent, you have the opportunity to be your family's biggest advocate and really taking charge of that awesome responsibility and awesome role and honestly, that gift that you have, it changes so much. When you realize how empowered you are as one of the heads of your family, how much of an impact that you can have on day-to-day life, it's truly something that I think not enough people realize this gift that they have right in front of them. They're so busy living the day-to-day. But one practice that I'd like to encourage you in is really reflecting on what it is that you want for your family. I like to use the practice of visualization, okay? So visualize your ideal. It can be little, what do you, how do you want your morning to go? What should my morning look like, feel like, sound like, you know, you get the picture, like actually run through, like create a movie in your head. How do you want your day to go? How do you want your week to go, your year? Expand all the way out. How do you want your life to look, to feel, to sound? 
So like actually go through, create that movie in your head and imagine the ideal setting. Imagine the ideal morning. Imagine the ideal week and make that happen. If you're taking a minute to go through that process of visualization, you're actually reflecting on what it is you're doing versus what your ideal is. And you can start to take steps in that direction. And it's so empowering when you do that. You don't have to go out and make some huge change. It can literally be some tiny little tweak that you make that it's like, oh man, that's all I had to do. This is like a breath of fresh air and it totally changed my outlook on everything. I agree with you. When you can visualize what your life looks like, you can live that life. It is as simple as visualizing. And when you feel like you're in the trenches or you feel like you're struggling, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to be there. You can really sit down and think like, what do I really want? Like, how would I want this to go? It can be even like the feeling that you have in your home. Like what feeling do you want when you walk in the door? Some people, maybe they want an energized feeling. Some people might want love and warmth or calm and peaceful or some combination of all of that, if you visualize that, you can make it happen. You can change the colors of your wall. You can organize things. You can, there's so much you can do to give you that feeling. You can visualize everything that you want in your life and then you can make small changes and get there. And it's amazing how that can transform your outlook on things. And when you start to feel more positive, that feeling goes into your family. You may sit, be sitting there listening to us right now and be thinking, yeah, right. That's way easier said than done. And I get what you're saying. I really do. But hear us out for a minute. Okay. There's all kinds of research out there about how if you are speaking truths or speaking things about yourself or visualizing yourself in a certain position or in a certain way that you can truly change what's happening by making those small changes. It might not happen overnight, but you will see gradual changes because your outlook is gonna change and then your actions are gonna start to change. I'd love to give an example. Suzanne just talked about weekday mornings. If you've listened to the show before, you may know that my kiddos are little. I have an almost two-year-old little girl and then I have a five-year-old boy and a seven-year-old boy. We're still in the little kid phase of life in a lot of ways. And thinking back to, this was actually before my daughter was born, when I just had my boys, they were, let's see, probably three and five at the time. Weekday mornings were super, super chaotic in our house. And it really got out of hand. I'm not one who jumps out of bed in the morning. I tend to press the snooze button too many times. And then I would get out of bed and I'd get myself ready and my husband would get ready and then we'd get the kids out and get their clothes picked out and they'd have to get dressed. They'd have to eat breakfast. We'd have to make sure all the school stuff was organized to get everything in the car. I'd have to drive them to daycare. It was just kind of a mess. And it typically ended up with, I felt super frustrated. My husband felt super frustrated. I'm sure my kids felt frustrated. I was not bringing them to school or daycare at the time in the best state of mind, obviously they were fine. They'd settled down in the car and everything was fine, but it just wasn't ideal. It got to be the point where like, I wish that I could just wake up in the morning and fast forward and be at work, which I'm a little ashamed to say, but I mean, that's the reality. That's how it was going. So I had this moment of reflection and it dawned on me 
that it doesn't have to stay this way. We've been struggling for some time in the mornings. We don't have to stay there. I'm empowered, I can change that. And so my husband and I talked about it and we talked about a plan. What can, where are our hangups? What can we do differently? And we just tweaked the routine in the morning. So for instance, we made it a priority that before we go to bed at night, we're gonna pick out the boys' clothes. Okay, so like I said, they were probably three and five at the time. So this was like two to three years ago that we started this. And so before they got in bed, and that was something that when we had this conversation, we literally started it that day. Before they go to bed, we're gonna go in their room and we're gonna pick out their clothes. And we set them out for the next morning. So when I say we set them out, it wasn't like we took them out of the drawers and we put them on the ground folded. I actually would lay out their pants so that they just had to sit down on the ground and pull them on and their shirt was out and face down on the ground so that they just had to pull it over their heads and their socks were laid out and their shoes were laid out and that way that took away that element of having to decide what you're going to wear the next morning so that was huge we also set up a little system a little reward system for the kids to get dressed in the morning so my boys share a room and essentially what we did was i went full-on teacher on them they're completely used to it at this point. But what we did was I created this chart and it had a Monday through Friday for Eli and a Monday through Friday for Wyatt. And they would get out of bed. They didn't leave their rooms until they were completely dressed. So they would take their clothes off. They had a little spot for their pajamas and they would get completely dressed before they walked out of their room. Now you might be saying, well, they've got to go to the bathroom in the morning. Why can't they do that? That is not what my family needed at that point. It takes them two minutes to get dressed in the morning. They can hold it for that two mm -hmm. minutes and get dressed real quick. Cause I knew that if I let them come out of their room that they're gonna get distracted and they're gonna wanna go play with a toy in the playroom or they're gonna wanna whatever. So we had this conversation with them, boys, tomorrow morning when you get out of bed before you come out of the room, you're gonna change your clothes. Put your pajamas right here you're gonna put your clothes on. They were able to get dressed completely by themselves at that point, because I am super big on self-help and being able to do things yourself, so that's always just been really important to me. And so I said, if you come out of your room completely dressed tomorrow morning, you're gonna get a smiley face for Monday. And if you do it again Tuesday, you're gonna get a smiley face for Tuesday. And they totally were on board with this process. They felt so good about themselves because they were doing it themselves and they got their little smiley face. And then at the end of the week, if they had all five days, they could pick a little prize out of a little treasure chest that I had. And I had just gone to the dollar store and gotten some little fun trinkets for the treasure box. But I just trained them into doing this and it worked so well for the family. Okay, so Suzanne, this process that used to take some yelling and some crying sometimes and a lot of frustration and just a lot of anxiety and that would take 15 or 20 minutes that we did not have in the mornings now takes two to three minutes. You touched on so many different things. I was just thinking about while you were talking, you made it positive by giving them the smiley faces and it's not costing a lot of money because it can build up to something at the end that's a dollar store prize. You're talking to them about it. You're explaining why it's important to them. They have ownership in it because they're helping you pick out the clothes the night before. And then they also have the bigger reward, in my opinion, is the calmness of the morning. And they're okay. feeling that too. It's not, like you said, it's not taking 20 minutes. It's taking two or three and everybody's just calmer. 
And right. it's a simple thing that you did that completely transformed your morning. Huge. I think and it's we great. still do it. We still do that today. I still set their clothes out before they go to bed. They help me pick them out now, but I still set their clothes out. And when I forget, they remind me because they expect it and they know that's part of the routine and that helps them to be set up for success. That just makes me feel so good as a parent that mm -hmm. I took ownership of that part of the morning that was a struggle for my whole family. And it wasn't just me, obviously my husband got on board and the boys got on board. It took the team effort. It did take some thinking and some um, like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna solve this problem on my part. And years ago, when the kids were really, really little, I feel like those moments where I would have thought about that were fewer and farther between, if that makes sense. But now that I do it more often, it really is like retraining my brain to look for these little problems that I have throughout the day that I can tweak and make better and so that they're not problems anymore. Absolutely. I'm sure you don't take on every part of your day at one time. Like you cannot completely overhaul the entire day in one week. Oh no. Like you have to start with one part of the morning and get that solved because there's more than one thing in the morning. When my kids were little, it was the same thing. Once they started going to school and we had to be up and out of the house and there on time, we went through the same thing. It was chaotic mornings and my husband and I sat down and did the same thing. We just troubleshooted. Where are the hangups? Because this is crazy. I cannot drop my kids off at school where I've had to really be on them and maybe not yell, but be really firm with them. Maybe sometimes yell at them. Like I didn't want to drop them off at school. If I had just yelled at them, like hurry up and get in the car. We're going to be late. Like I, that's not, I didn't feel like that was a very joyful way to start the day with my family. And so we sat down and did the same thing. And we had, we did the laying the clothes out and both of my kids still lay their clothes out. They're older, so they don't need any help picking their clothes out, but they still figure out what they're going to wear the night before. And even I do it because I am not a morning person myself. And what would take me 20 to 30 minutes to figure out in the morning, I can do in two minutes before I go to bed at night. I, I, I need that extra 20 minutes of sleep in the morning. So I'll just do it the night before. And it, it just makes our morning so much smoother. But then once you tackle the clothes, you can tackle the backpacks and you, then you can tackle the lunches and you can just keep working on one little piece. And once everybody gets that mastered, then you have a smooth morning. Exactly. I could think of so many little processes that we've put in place over the years just for the morning. Just if I zoomed in on those weekday mornings, I can think of several that I could describe right now. Future and, and, podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's starting with one thing that you can change today and making that change and just making it a priority and being consistent. It just makes so much difference in, in how your day goes and how your kids' days go. They're just so much more set up to thrive. They're so much more set up for success. And so are you if you're just constantly making these little tweaks to make your life better and just make your home into the happy, thriving home that you know that it can be. As a parent, you are your kid's first teacher. And when you see problem areas, like play, times in your day when things are not going well, and you show your kids how to sit down and look at it and, and include them in it, what could we do better, especially as they get older? How could we make this process smoother? What could we do as a family to make this better and get them to brainstorm ideas? You're teaching them problem solving. You're teaching them how to look at a situation and make it better which is a huge thing that you can do for your kids because when they get to school, they have to do that on their own all day long, basically. They have the teacher's help as well, but they get confronted with things all the time that they 
they don't have their parents there to help them figure out like what happened to my math homework. So they have to, to do that themselves. But if you're modeling for them and teaching them, then you're really helping set them up for success for their whole lives. And it makes a tremendous difference. Suzanne and I are both educators and we see it at school every day. There are children who are just natural problem solvers and they see a problem and it's not a problem for long because their little wheels are turning and they're trying to figure out a solution for the problem. And that comes from them seeing that inside of school, outside of school, out in the community, everywhere. Please know that these little changes that you're making for your family go way beyond just making, you know, getting dressed in the morning easier, for instance. They have such profound impacts on so many areas and they empower you as a parent. They empower your child. It's amazing when you start to really look at that. When your child sees you being a doer and a fixer, then they are naturally more inclined to be doers and fixers themselves. And sometimes you might find that you just feel like you're stuck kind of stuck in a rut and you don't know where to go next you don't know what the direction is for your family or for you and this is where being reflective I think also comes in and going back to that visualization take some time give yourself time and talk with the people in your family about what you're feeling we do this a lot when we feel like we're getting off our direction and our priorities and our focus, we'll sit down and have some family meetings and, and we'll say like, what's happening? What's going on with everybody? And why do we feel like things aren't clicking? Things aren't working. Everything's more difficult than it needs to be. And we reflect on our days. We reflect on what's going on. And sometimes you don't really ever find the answer. Sometimes you're just in a rut for a little while, but sometimes obvious things will pop up like, Maybe we're involved in too many things right now, especially when the kids' activities overlap. Maybe one of the parents is traveling or something. Sometimes you just have these weeks or months where it's just chaotic for a little while, but you know it's coming to an end because maybe the sport is ending in a week. But other times you can say, well, maybe there's something, some specific part of the day that we really need to work on and create a system for. If you can reflect on that and you can communicate with your family and involve everybody, I think it really makes a difference and you can really get yourself out of that rut and you can go back to visualizing, well, how do we want it to be? How do we want our day to be? How do we want our evenings to be? And you can work together to get to your goals. Even if your kids are little, like Suzanne's kids are older, so she really has these conversations with them, but don't think to yourself, oh, well, my kids are young. I can't do that. Even little kids can do it. Yeah. We've always included our kids as much as it was developmentally appropriate, but we always included them in these conversations because they're part of the family and they need to buy in and they need to feel like they're part of it. We've always approached it as we're a team and this is how we do things. And we wanted the kids to feel like they were part of the decision-making process. Of course, the younger they were, the more we were guiding them to the decisions we wanted, but still making them feel like they were part of it. We weren't just dictating to them how things were going to be. And we would explain and get their buy-in because then they'd be like, yeah, we're part of the team. And like the younger they were, the more they were like, yay. Now they're just going, okay, we know we're part of the team (laughs) because they're teenagers and, you know, they know, they get it. But you can include the kids at any age. And then you give them a little bit more responsibility with it the older they get. 
Right, and they have the cutest reactions to the questions that you might ask. When you Definitely. pose that question, why do you think that this part of the day is hard? Or what do you think is going on? You can ask it in a positive way, but they, they might say something super profound. They can usually get to the point. Right. They'll say something, well, mommy, you're always mad in the morning. So maybe I need to wake up 10 minutes earlier so that I'm not grumpy because my alarm just went off. And we keep talking a lot about weak mornings just because that's what we've chosen to provide as an example. You can be in a rut because your house just needs a good cleaning. And if you set aside a few hours to just clean the house, you would feel so much better. I know there was a while when the boys were little and that was often the cause of my ruts. I definitely function better when the house is cleaner. So there was a period of time where my husband knows this about me and he knows that I like a clean house. And we came up with this plan. We feel like we never have time to clean the house because we're always trying to keep the kids safe and keep them busy. So we decided that one day a week, we just picked Wednesdays. We were going to come home and they were going to watch a movie, like a Disney movie. So what are they, like 80 minutes? And that was going to give us 80 minutes of we're going to hardcore clean the house while they're watching the movie. And so we just took that approach. And we didn't do that for super long, but we set aside that time for ourselves. The kids were happy. They were watching a movie. And we just cleaned the house so that we weren't feeling like we were stuck in that rut of not being able to, to keep our house clean and organized. Some other ruts might include maybe it's time for dinner every night and you never know what you're going to cook. Take some time on the weekends and plan out some menus or do some research or maybe if you, you know, can budget for it, subscribe to one of those services where the ingredients and the menus show up at your door. Whatever it is that you feel like, uh, this is hard for me, way harder than it needs to be, way more often than it needs to be, take some time to just think about how can I solve this problem? How can I get out of this rut? because you can get out of the rut. You've got this. You can absolutely do something about it because you can make a change because you set the tone for your family. I mean, how awesome is that? I think it's great. Sometimes when you're in a rut, it's just also because maybe you've just been doing the same thing for a long time or you're just tired of just having the same activities going on. It is totally okay to completely change direction. And as your kids grow up and get older, you're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to think flexibly and you will need to change direction. And that's totally okay. You might have to refocus and revisualize every couple of months, every couple of years, because you change. You're growing, you're changing as a parent. You're learning all the time and your kids are absolutely growing and changing all the time. And sometimes they go through rapid amounts of change and sometimes it's a little slower. But as we grow and change, you have to feel free to be flexible and change direction and continue to think about what's the right thing for my family. And don't feel like you're bogged down or locked into any kind of system or any kind of activity or any kind of thing that you've gotten yourself involved in. It is totally okay to say this isn't working for us anymore. Let's change it. That's so great, Suzanne. So our major takeaway for the day is that you set the tone in your family. Make a point to be more reflective so that you can work smarter, not harder, and have more time to focus on and enjoy what really matters to you. And if you'd like to have an action item, think about the big sections of your day, like the morning, like your work time, the afternoon, the kids' bedtime, end of the day, dinner, all those big sections of your day. Reflect on those day-to-day blocks and think about the feelings of the emotions that you get from those time periods 
and look for trends. You can have this form of reflection to help you increase the awareness in the areas of your life that are going great and the areas that you can improve on. And be sure to give yourself a pat on the back for all the things that are great and have the confidence and the, the joy in knowing that you can improve on the parts of the day that maybe you don't feel good about. All right, guys, you've got this. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Remember, you set the tone. Thank you for being a part of our show today. If you enjoyed what you heard and would like to learn more about setting yourself up to thrive in your hive, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Also, check out our website at thriveinthehive.life. We can also be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We can't wait to talk with you again soon. Hi, listeners. Just a quick note that the views expressed in this podcast are solely the personal views of Brianna and Suzanne. They are not the viewpoints of any of the institutions that we may be affiliated with.